All right, wow. everybody. Um, you guys gonna see something like um, the zigzagging that we always talk about. <laughs> We're gonna maximize that for the show, uh, definitely. Yeah, you have um, probably noticed a pattern in our shows. This, uh, this she's yeah. got some zigs and zags that'll amaze you. Absolutely, absolutely. And the the background on this woman is uh, mightily impressive. I'm so happy that we had a chance to talk to her and see what she and her partners are doing for this business. And for everyone out there, stay tuned. It's going to be a hell of a show. All right, you guys, let's get this started then, right? Because really, what could go wrong once you press record? Exactly, what could go wrong? <laughs> it's all going to be very perfect. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the Crazy People Podcast, yet another edition of three crazy people talking about uh, <laughs> business and life and growth and failure and funny stories. So uh, in, in chair number three, I'm Russ Brummel. Over there in chair number one, the master of curiosity, Maurice Hoffman. And in between us in the super hot seat from Metaspace, Helena, it is great to see you. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Tell us, how are you today? Are you doing all right? I'm doing good. Um, we are coming up to our demo day with Techstars. So we're rushing to the finish line with our program, but it's very exciting, very high paced. All right. So since we started that way, so what is it that you do? What is Metaspace about? Uh, tell us a bit about you and your company. Definitely. So I'm one of the co-founders of Metaspace. Um, at Metaspace, we help companies prevent, report, and resolve workplace misconduct. Um, anything from sexual harassment to discrimination, fraud, bribery. Um, and what we really want to do is give HR teams a case management system so they can sort of proactively, transparently, and efficiently, efficiently um, resolve workplace misconduct. So a super easy topic then. Mm-hmm. Yes, just exactly what no people pressure are speaking all. about every day. Yes, just one of those easy breezy things. Yeah, easy breezy things. So, how did you guys get there? I mean, that's not a topic that you pick up by accident. It's a topic that no. is being brought by you by experience or something else. Yeah. Well, to be honest, we also didn't end up here on purpose. Um, my my co-founder and I. Um, we're best friends all throughout undergrad um, in Spain and grad school as well, and just kind of stumbled into becoming startup founders. Um, I think for us, entrepreneurship was never something that we were aiming for, um, but we were witnesses to a really bad sexual harassment case mm-hmm. um, that affected many people in our circle. And I think while the fact that it happened while it was upsetting, it wasn't very surprising just because of the frequency at which these things happen. But what was upsetting and you know shocking to us was just how bad the processes were when it came to the resolution. Um, and so, you know, we conducted eight to nine months of research. We are academics at heart. Um, we love doing our research, and there was very very little research out there at the time. Um, my co-founder's background is also in data analytics, so we tried to be as data-driven as possible and just kept finding, you know, people don't report, people are afraid of retaliation, um, companies tend to address cases on a case-by-case um, system, there is often no consistency in terms of processes, um, and you obviously have 
larger companies that have very defined processes in place and there is a sequence that they follow but whether they work or not that's sort of up to debate just based on the statistics yeah that's always the theory right how it's supposed mm -hmm. to happen and especially the bigger companies that probably have the processes and escalation and, and so on in place however when it comes down to it nobody wants to talk about it right nobody right. wants to go yeah. through this right and uh, that's interesting but you before you before we even continue um what we kind of miss is a general introduction to because you just nonchalantly mentioned Italy there and um, I think you mentioned Spain and um so let people know um how it is like to be a global citizen and traveling the world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I'm calling in from LA at the moment. So this is where we're based right now with a company. Um, we've been here for the last three months, but I am originally German. I grew up in Italy my whole life and then went to university in Spain where I met my co-founder. And I think as Europeans, we are very lucky to be able to live and travel between many different countries. Um, so I've been able to pick up all the various languages, which has been super helpful for just networking and connecting to people. Um, and yeah, I did my undergraduate studies at IE in Madrid, um, which I really loved. I studied international relations. And while I love that space, I at some point realized I needed a little bit more technical expertise, maybe, especially in the current um, market in the current very digital world and so proceeded to do a master's in cybersecurity, which was incredibly interesting, very hard for somebody who had no tech background, um, but super interesting and actually really helpful with what we do in our day to day here. And then, yeah, we set up the company in Spain. And at this point, we've been transported over to the US. So this is sort of a new chapter for us, which is really cool. How have been your, what were your first um, experiences like as a new founder, as a founder in a, let alone at a topic like yours, right? Just founding mm -hmm. a company and then transporting it to the US. And um, how, has, how has that been for you? Um, I mean, I'm very much learning as I go. Yeah. It's very interesting because when we speak to people now that are thinking of starting a company, and they ask me for advice. I'm like, I just, I'm not the right person to speak to. I barely know what I'm doing myself. Um, and so it's one of those things where I sometimes look back and you're just like, wow, like you did all of that with absolutely no knowledge. Um, just starting from scratch. I think when we came into this, we were very much like the doe-eyed founders who are like, you know, we have an idea and people will hand us money and then we'll have everything. Um, that was not the case. Uh, we kind of were, you know, we were convinced that we could raise money without a product or without any traction um, really early on when we just had the idea and it was just me and Eleanor. Um, and then quickly reality slapped us in the face. Um, but it's been super, super fun just learning everything. I think those are things that I learn so much quicker now and so much more now in the last two, three years than I have um, you know, and other kind of work experiences I had or even university, like I'm learning how to build financial models from scratch. I'm doing taxes and accountings now. I'm doing sometimes a UI and UX design for our products. You know, we're doing sales, we're doing investor talk. Like 
basic operations things that I'm just once in a while I stop and pause and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> How do you do these things? Um, and then you just learn to ask people. So that I think for us has been very helpful, just having a very supportive network where you can just kind of ping people very quickly. And it's like, I need you to just read over this and tell me if it makes sense or if I'm just making it up. And then they tell you everything is made up in the startup world. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What are the top three challenges that you didn't foresee? Uh, other than getting the money to fund your business. That's the, I, I would say that's the obvious thing, but there's always the, the, the few things that you didn't expect, right? That hit you hard. Yeah. Um, I think for us, it's been the fact of being female founders in the tech scene has been very interesting because it either comes with, um, you know, a lot of people are very excited about it and it's not a big deal anymore and people you know, we'll just glance over to like, yeah, of course, women in tech, great. Um, but on the other side, in, in, you know, in the same topic, it's people have told us that, you know, we should hire a male CTO to be more credible. Um, and at this point, the founding team is three women with three different technical backgrounds, or we need to hire more men to seem less threatening. And you have these very harsh comments that come once in a while. And over, you know, Overall, it's been great. We've had a fantastic support system. Um, we're obviously still going strong. Um, so it hasn't affected us too much, but those really stick with you for a little bit. Like now to the point where it's kind of comical, but at the beginning, I think we were really confused as to why, you know, sometimes it's like three boys who went to business school, came up with another e-scooter and got millions within seconds. And, you know, you ask them, like, how are you building the product? Oh, yeah, we're not really sure. We just raise around. We'll figure it out now. And the fact that that still happens and you can have, you know, traction, you can have a product, you have things written out. And obviously, we are still in the early stages as well. But it's interesting to see just like how different people approach you, depending on kind of what your background is. Um, so I think that was both challenging, but also gave us a bit of a kick to really push through. Um, and I think the other one, like I said, is just like the massive gap of knowledge that you have in certain senses where sometimes you go a bit down like a panic rabbit hole where you're just like, I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing. I really don't know what I'm doing. And you just need to kind of breathe for a second and understand it's like many people don't know what they're doing, um, especially as first time founders of an early stage startup. Um, and, you know, just, I think finding also the right people to work with, that was a challenge at the beginning, but once we've understood who we want to work with and how we want to work with them, it has been, I think we got a very lucky streak on us. Like every, every person we work with in terms of the team, whether it's been freelancers or people that we've hired has been such a gift. So it's been, it's been both a challenge, but also kind of, we kind of got a lucky streak there. That's very cool. That's very cool. You, it's entrepreneurship sometimes, especially first time entrepreneurship can be this weird mix of super clarity of, I know exactly what I need to build and a whole mm -hmm. bunch of ambiguity around it of, yeah, but I, right. how do I make the accounting work and how do I get the mm -hmm. office thing going and how do I, yeah. All right. So, yeah. yeah. No, I think administrative work for me has been just a slap in the face. So it's never what I've been doing. And now I'm having to deal with tax people in Europe and the US. 
and figuring out how to do accounting here left and right and then they'll ask me questions and it's like I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> they're like does this look all right I'm like I oh, you tell me I'm just sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's numbers and they all seem to add up is that it seems great you know that like, okay yeah, yeah. my own calculations but you know yeah. Uh, well, so, so you've already told us a half a dozen crazy things that you're doing, right? So you, you founded a company with your best friend, um, which mm-hmm. is some people think is a no, no, uh, yeah. all women founding team, which you already said, people have, have criticized you for, uh, in a very sensitive area where you're trying to convince people that they need to actually take this seriously and not try to sweep mm-hmm. it under the rug. And, and it's your first go round on it right <laughs> so so what's the what's the next crazy thing oh god uh oh and you moved I mean, continents to do it That's i know crazy. you know like we're just it's and it's my co-founder's first time in the u.s as well so i think for her like the first time she stepped foot here she's like well here's me for the next three months um just adapt to america <laughs> very quickly so i think the next crazy thing i'm hoping for us to happen is just to get customers and you know build out our product with them and make sure that it actually helps people. I think that for us is going to be the craziest thing once we see things, you know, workplace misconduct getting resolved positively yeah. um, in companies. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier, you're part of Techstars. Yes. Right? Give us a little sort of behind the scenes of, of a day in the life of Techstars and, and what's, what's that, what's that stuff mean to you guys? Cause that's a whole nother crazy level there, right? Yeah. Tech accelerator. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, life, <laughs> life in Texas is busy. Um, many hours of meetings. I think at the beginning of the program, one of our, one of the other founders in the cohort mentioned to the program team and was like, you know, like this is really a lot for us to be running a business, doing the Techstars program, um, which is a lot. And then also just having a personal life. And they were like, oh no, we know it's unsustainable. Like we're aware of that. Yes, it's, (laughs) it's completely unsustainable, which is why you do this for three months and then you go back to normal. Um, we wouldn't want to have you do this for more than three months. This is like a high performing, super high efficiency program. Um, and it is catching up with us a little bit. I think now we're kind of like <laughs> at the point where we could use a second of a break, but we've become increasingly better at prioritizing things. Uh, so I think week one of Techstars, we showed up to every meeting, every optional meeting, every workshop, everything, and we're there for everything we're you know responding within seconds and everything was done and we were doing many things and now it's like okay well I have three other meetings today I don't know if I'm going to go to this optional workshop that I might not need right now or prioritizing what's important today um, versus what can I do next week and what's kind of just more like a long-term goal that I want to look into at some point Um, but for us it's great we work with 12 other startups in our cohort who are all focused on so we're part of the workforce development program in Denver um it's focused mostly on future of work HR tech and ed tech and it's really lovely because I think for the first time we're in a cohort where we can actually learn from each other quite a lot and give each other access to resources that are helpful to everyone we're all in the same kind of market so we can also see the trends generally um, so that I think has been one of the fantastic things of going to a Texas that's very topical. Um, and that's why we picked this one as well versus going to other Texas. Like we were applying to multiple Texas, but this one was our number one just because it was so 
topical for us. Mm-hmm. And so it's really been great to just like not learn only from, you know, the mentors and the program um, team, but also from our other founders. That's fantastic. And, and by the way, Russ, you, you mentioned you were looking for another crazy thing. <laughs> I never got over the point where she said she did international relations and then cybersecurity. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can, I can remember, Russ, when I had to go to Phoenix for our joint company mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, do a present. Then I just that morning, I learned I had to do a presentation about cybersecurity. And I had to Google half of the words that I was about <laughs> mm-hmm. to present. And oh, yeah, I, I still do that too. So like, <laughs> I still do it. I just I know the words now, what they mean. That's a different story. But like, <laughs> I know of them now. Um, I, but yeah, yeah, that for that was a journey. I mean, for me, it's even it's it's still. I mean, technically a little bit crazier because going backwards. So I now I'm doing HR tech instead of B two B SaaS. Before yeah. that, I was cybersecurity. Before that, I was doing international relations. And before that, I actually went to a high school which was focused on fine arts. <laughs> so <laughs> I was doing painting and architecture and everything. And then was like, oh, let me do politics. Oh, let me do cybersecurity. Oh, let me do a startup. So I've, I'm one of those people that's a little bit <laughs> all over the place. Hey, that seems to be the red line here. And by the way, yeah. my wife is a tech executive in a pharmaceutical mm-hmm. company uh, way up there. And she started off with playing professional basketball, then mm-hmm. doing a design. Uh, she has a design degree, like top mm-hmm. of her class. And then she got an MBA. And now she is number two in her organization in the IT department, which is 3,000 people, by the way. Yeah. Um, so nothing... <laughs> nothing small and uh from what i can see it seems to be the norm and you talking to a lot of other startups and founders like barely nobody does school the university that matches the Mm -hmm. school and then goes into one job another job another job and just builds upon what i say is zigzagging with to a degree where you say like hey you need to see a doctor about this this is not normal right (laughs) yeah no it's really that we're seeing that with other founders as well it's people Mm -hmm. just see a problem somewhere and they want to fix it and it's people who have come from many many different industries oftentimes it's we're one of the younger teams in our program but other people who have had years of experience in hr are like i need to leave hr and fix this problem that HR has, for example, um, yeah. which is also interesting because they've like firsthand seen it, experienced it, they've dealt with a product and they're basically like, this is what I needed then. Um, and all of a sudden now, while they have a background in HR, they're doing, you know, legal tech, they're doing product management, they're doing all these things that they're also just like learning how to do after being in the HR space for a while. So it's really interesting to see how all over people are in the founding space. Yeah, two, two of my three daughters are thinking about college at the moment and they're all like, what degree can I get that's going to get me this career? It's going to, I'm like, it doesn't go that way. doesn't matter. <laughs> not, doesn't not a matter. Straight like line. study whatever yeah. you want. Like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, I went into college. And I was like, I'm going to study this because I initially wanted to go do a business degree. I was like, I'm going to do this because it's going to help me get a job. And then I'm like, I'm just going to study whatever I like and then see yeah you know, where that takes me. And at this point, I think, especially with so many more people getting master's degrees, undergrad is just like a really 
exciting time for you to just learn something that you're very passionate about. And then if you want to, you know, do something with that, great. If you don't, there's a sea of opportunities out there. So, yeah. Um, Russ knows that I have a, I have quite a few people in my team that are very young and they, mm -hmm. they seem so focused on getting that one direction. And I always need to smile because that's not how it works. Right? It's, it's a mm -hmm. nice idea. It's a nice concept. And as long as you're in school and maybe university, it uh, makes make sense to you. But in real life, it doesn't. I know. And we've only been out of school for like not even three years now. So yeah. for me, whenever I have people who are, you know, undergraduate students or something or like people in their last high school year that come to me and they're like, what have you learned? And I'm like, I, my head, I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm still in school. I don't, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, I've been out of school for three years now in COVID, which like feels like the longest time ever, but also it feels like it was just yesterday. So all of a sudden, boom, like, or, you know, the thirties are creeping up on us and we're like, oh. <laughs> a second ago I was in class with you guys. And then they're like, wow, you're so old and wise. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's a funny thing because I mean, once you've gone through it, once you've seen the zigzag and it's totally normal, mm -hmm. I think it releases a lot of pressure because, you know, it will always, something will always come up, right? And you're always yeah. going to have an idea and you don't kind of clinch to whatever the initial idea was. I talked to a psychologist, um, youth and child psychology, and um, what she talked talk to me about over the weekend is that there's so many kids out there in their teens that are stressing so much about school and university. Yeah. And then we just happened to talk about this podcast where we say like, hey, all the people that I see, especially the super smart ones and the super successful ones, they're not doing this line. They, you know, it, that's not how life works. And she yeah. was like, I wish I had a way of telling my patients that, right? Because just let it yeah. go. It doesn't matter, right? Just get through it right? Learn a couple of basic things and then take it from there, right? Life happens Yeah, I think anyways. it's really, yeah, do with it what you will, like if, if that's something mm -hmm. that you want to do. And I obviously, I loved university and it helped me a lot. It gave me a, a fantastic network of people that we still work with now on a day-to-day -day that are advisors or, you know, like a lot of the people that we've hired have gone to university with us. Um, for me, it was great in terms of like getting that knowledge, but I think it's the same for the startup world. Many times, like we've, I've had somebody who reached out to me last week, just randomly, like cold message and booked some time with me in my calendar. And was like, can I just ask you a couple of questions? And he's like, well, how does this work? How does this work? Like if VCs tell me this, I'm like, just, you know, you'll figure it out. Like, don't worry. It's not the glitz and glam startup world, you know, like in the movies in the startup movies, they always show you the cool stuff right? Like you're going to have to sit there and do annoying work. It's going to be tedious. And he wrote me a really nice email after and was like, thank you for kind of like the reality check. Because most people that I've spoken to have been on the investor side where they have certain expectations of founders and they have this idea of how things go. And you don't actually see it from the founder side as frequently. So even I think Ellen and myself try to be quite transparent if we're you know, on podcasts or on our LinkedIn, if we're sharing articles or anything, just like the reality of what we do day to day um, and what we struggle with and where we're stressed out and when we're sleep deprived and everything, just to make sure that other people who are looking to maybe start a company 
don't go into it and are like, I think I'm not good enough for this. And it's like, I, you know, we started up the same. So you have to kind of just give people a reality check once in a while. I want to, I want to go back to a, a topic that you touched on before. And um, again, I, I see it with my wife and I see the bias that she faces almost daily, right? Where she has more than a hundred direct reports, right? And then if a vendor comes in um, and she happens to sit around there, they ask when the guy comes, the the head mm -hmm. of whatever the department is and everybody else kind of like freezes again because they know like, all right, there's another one of those vendors, right? How has that experience been for you guys? This just unbelievable ignorance from people, mm -hmm. um, especially the male older guys that just expect you to go ahead and cook coffee or hey she's gonna right. leave in a second and get children anyways and all those yeah prejudices that you guys are facing mm -hmm. yeah I think it's definitely I've heard horror stories and you know what we've dealt with has come nowhere close to that so I do want to start by saying like we've had mostly positive experiences with our network and advisors and people that we worked with and everyone that you know that we didn't click with that we saw that you know didn't understand us as women in the space or women founders or women in tech we've kind of just removed from our circles very very Fantastic. rapidly um and you know we have other things to worry about at this point like running a business um but we yeah i mean it's been all over the place like i said my co-founder at some point early on the day was asked by a potential angel like you know if we're not going to be too emotional dealing with a topic like this and actually be able to focus on the business. Um, yes. And which I, is just so comically sometimes. It's just like, okay. ridiculous, yeah. um, and you know, you hear from other founders who, you know, so many of the people in our cohort are parents. Right. And for me, that's already so impressive. It's like running a business and having a family, especially if you're doing a startup where you have to be so hands-on all the time. And it's like, I'm barely making time right now. And it's just me and Eleanor doing our business together. Um, but for a lot of women I see, you know, like there's questions like, okay, well, are you planning on having children soon? Like who is going to take over when you're in a family and everything. And every woman in our network that has been doing that has obviously been proving everyone wrong dramatically. Um, but I think in the tech world, it is still not ideal for women um at this point it's something like 50 percent of women leave tech by the time they're 35 uh which you can wow. just tell like there's no support system for when you know maybe they do want to start a family or discrimination or there's not enough opportunities for them because and it's not just you know generally people get older because in other industries it's only about 20 of women leaving the workforce and so in tech having it more than 50 is still really strong um, I think we obviously want to keep proving everyone wrong and the generations to come. And, you know, I have a younger sister as well, who's 15 now and just showing her that, you know, I'm all over the place, but, you know, we've, we've got it under control and we can do it regardless is I'm excited to see more changes. There's definitely stronger changes coming and everyone's working towards it. But a lot of it is either, you know, the pinkwashing aspect a little bit of just like, yay, we support women, but you don't actually put anything in place. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely a massive gap, especially in the earlier stages for female founders, like anything from, it just starts at education, 
not many women go into tech education wise. If they do, you have the funding gap. At this point, we know that less than 2% of VC funds go to women in the earlier stages. Um, and so it's that really early thing. And then once you do cross the barrier, we're seeing that, like you mentioned earlier, like the older white men can be a bit funny, but it's also interesting to see the older women who have kind of made their way to the top and now will turn around and be like, well, I had to go through all of this, so I'm not going to make it easy for you because I had to get a tough skin and you need to also get a tough skin. And it's like, well, you know, you know what it's like. You should kind of help me open the doors a little bit. So, yeah, it comes from all sides, but we are seeing a little bit of an upwards turn, but it's still a long way to go, definitely. Yeah, I think I think when you see, if you have role models who look like you and have gone through things like you um, and and have survived, it helps you to look and go, I, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, I think you all are being role models for the next generation too, that you're, you're tackling a tough subject as your first thing and you have an all female team and, 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 and right. Seven mm-hmm. things. And, and, and yet still you're persevering and staying strong on it. That's yeah. It's definitely people, people like- will look to you too. Yeah. Yeah, not the easiest topic to start off on, but you know, no. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just make a chat program instead? Could we just right, exactly. Just <laughs> a chat GPT instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many easier things. Um, I had a question in mind. I just successfully forgot about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is with all the seriousness of, of the topic that you're working mm-hmm. in and uh, the weirdness and the stress of um, creating a new company, but what are some of the funny things that you experienced along the way um, when that happened to you, where you're like, okay, nobody's going to believe this, right? On yeah. a positive again. I don't know. I think, I mean, for us, this is like every single day. Like Eleanor always realized that when I get stressed out, I'm much funnier because I just take everything so, so I'm like, of course this happened, right? Like, of course this is it. Like we went to, cause we're in LA and so we're in the U S and so we thought weeks ago that we should book a trip to Mexico while we're in the U S and it was one of the busiest weeks that we had for investor office hours with tech stars. And we get there and we're like, okay, this looks a bit busy, but sure, this looks nice, whatever. We'd booked this ages ago. We're going to go. Everything's ready. We've just we'd booked a hotel. We're going to do work, beach, work, beach. We don't want any sightseeing. We're too busy. We go out. We settle in. We're like, this hotel is nice. I'm sure. We walk around and the town keeps getting louder and louder. And we're like, this is crazy. And so we look and we see a massive corner of outdoor clubs all facing each other and trying to compete with who's the loudest club in the area. And we're like, wow, these guys are crazy <laughs> random. And then we're like, wait a minute, isn't that hotel like just there? And so we go back to our hotel and turns out we were at the party corner of the town where there was music until 3 a.m. every night. And you could hear every bass drop, every siren, Every reggaeton remix of Jason Derulo from 2008. And it was just like, of course, in the busiest week on earth, we are here in this absolute hellhole of a town. 
had to change hotels, had to move out. We had earplugs. Both of us are like at our wits end. Um, and then ended up having to get a hotel outside of town where we were like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it was very quiet, but there was like no food there, no nothing. So we had to like cross the highway every time to get food. Um, and in those moments, I think, you know, like we're kind of like at our wits end, but things are always just like, comically ridiculous Eleanor went to the pool when she had one minute of free time she goes to the pool it starts raining it's the one day of rain <laughs> you know it's always stuff like that that happens and then you'll get a random text from your mom that says like hope things are going well keep going we're so proud of you and you're like I want to keep going mom like I'm over it <laughs> I'm so tired so I think the general trend of people telling us to keep going whenever things go wrong um Ellen and I've gotten exceptionally good at dealing with bad news it's kind of just like, yep, suck it up, ha ha ha. Helena cracks a couple of jokes. Eleanor's like crying of laughter and desperation in a corner. Um, and when we get good news instead, we're absolutely flabbergasted to the point where we can't focus or function for anything for like three days. Um, but I think overall, you know, like it's been, like I talk about how it's very stressful, but it's obviously been like a super fun and exciting journey to just like get to work with all these people. We get to travel, we get to live in the US now for three years, uh, three years, three months. But so it has had many, many positives, I think much more than the negatives. If you were to meet your 16 year old self, like time travel or whatever, right? What were, would be the things that you tell her, like the from the vice almost 30? Yeah, you. you're so old and wise now, <laughs> as everybody says, right? So. What would I tell her about what we're doing now? Or where would I like to be at that in, point? In general, in general, mm. like three things that you would, three messages they would give her to just say, hey, listen, these are the three things you need to know. Um, my 16-year-old self is just, I think what we mentioned earlier, it's like, don't worry too much about what you study. Um, number one, you can make with it what you will you can always choose to do whatever you like um make sure that you work hard though that's one of those things as my mom always had a great perspective with it she always told me she's like i'm never going to tell you what to study i'm never going to push you into any directions but i will however tell you to work hard if you pick whatever you want but work hard at it and that is something that i think i've taken away with everything that we've done it's like i've been all over and i really tried to be laser focused on like I said one thing at a time um the other thing is is you know be kind to yourself it takes a lot like it takes a toll on you if you kind of just run around trying to help everyone I think especially in the last two three years when I was building a company I've gotten to the point where I prioritize myself a bit more and that's something that I didn't do as much before I love helping people I love being there for other people but I feel like I can't be as good as doing that if I don't put myself first in certain moments and I need to take care of myself first and then take care of others so it's just take a moment and like take care of yourself and lastly just you know if you can once in a while take a second if you want to write it down if you want to do a video recording of yourself or just like what you've achieved so far and it can be the tiniest little things um for us i often find myself at this point where i'm like Ugh, i've done absolutely nothing good and like i have no cool achievements i have no fun facts to talk about in corporate meetings i've 
nothing great. And then I look at, you know, I speak to other people or I look at email updates that we've done. I'm like, wow, we've actually done so, so, so much. So just take a minute and kind of celebrate little achievements as well. I think those are the threes. Just kind of pick whatever you want, but work hard at it. Take time for yourself and also take time to celebrate the small things. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And and you you know European and you know America now. Uh, just mm. wait till your business expands into South America and Asia. It's a whole <laughs> whole other world there too. So I know I'm excited um, to see where we go with Metaspace. Definitely <clears throat> eager to take it everywhere. I think it is something that people everywhere can use. So uh, sadly, it is a thing that somebody yes. everywhere needs. <laughs> I wish it wasn't, but it it is. And, no. and maybe hopefully we'll see at some point. Yeah, yeah, we'll see at some point. Maybe we'll able to kind of pivot once we see a bigger change to something that's a bit more positive when we see that it's actually working and we can kind of work on implementing positive workplace culture versus them just punishing the bad one. Yeah, we uh, we interviewed somebody on our show a, a little while ago who uh, he runs a, a company that works on corporate culture uh, and he came to it from because he had a job that he just hated the environment. And he said, people mm. shouldn't have to work in this kind of environment. So, so seeing you to, to see, hey, I, I saw this problem happen and it wasn't handled well. And now I want to build something that makes it right. Yeah. It's just, uh, that's, that's super strong, super motivation. Yeah. Really. Again, I just ended up here on accident, but it's a very <laughs> determined accident at this point. <laughs> Well-driven accident. Well-driven mm-hmm. accident. No, that's excellent. That's excellent. I think, um, that is a great ending. Um, I really loved you um, being a guest on our show. Um, I think that's fantastic to get a totally different perspective from what we've seen so far in mm. our years and years of oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much. I wish you thank all the you. best. Um, have much, much success. And if there's anything that we can ever do for you, um, don't be afraid to ask. Definitely. No, thank you so much for your questions and everything. And if you want to share this with your psychologist who has the teens who don't know what to do with their lives, by all means, I think just having someone that gives them a bit of a reality check once in a while is always helpful. But thank you so much for both of your questions. Thank you so much. And with that, uh, we got to say thank you so much for everybody that is out there watching. Um, I hope you took a lot from this episode. It was super interesting. And uh, see you the next time around when we have yet another crazy person joining us. Until then, bye-bye.